This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. The first edition of WWE NXT on the USA Network in the books. Actually, maybe I should say the first half edition on the USA Network in the books, because we didn't really get the full show on the USA Network. We got something to discuss there with some technical problems that happened uh, going into the second hour of the show, guys. But uh, this is Top Rope Nation. We're coming in hot to analyze the first big-time nationally broadcast on cable television as NXT starts the run on the USA Network. We're giving you our thoughts on this show. This is Ryan Drosty. I'm joined here with Kyle Ross, Justin Joint, Kyle, what's going on tonight? A little tongue-tied, are you, my friend? <sighs> Thank God for the edit button. Some of this is going to get edited as I go through the show tonight. But uh, third what, time I, it's the I, third time I've gone through the uh, intro, you guys. A little look behind the curtain there. I'll tell you what, I'd still rather listen to you any day over Moro, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you could work my uh, failures into that comment. But I'll take yeah. that as a compliment. Hey, I don't kayfabe anything, buddy. <laughs> Justin Joint, uh, back on the broadcast after uh, you were not with us on Sunday night as Kyle and I reviewed the WWE pay-per-view. How's it going? Feeling a little empty inside. I I recently, uh, finally finished uh, Liam O'Rourke's Crazy Like a Fox book on Brian Pillman. And I'm sad that I don't get to crack that open and read about it anymore. But I'm sure you guys will be happy not to get any more angry text messages about early 90s WCW booking. So, <laughs> Well, it is a damn good book. I'm glad you enjoyed it. it. sparked some conversation with us in our text thread. Always enjoyable. You know what else was enjoyable, too, Ryan? Oh, this could go a number of ways. You tell me. <laughs> it could. But, you know, our review, of, as you kind of mentioned there, of Clash of Champions, which is free for everybody. That's Usually right. a patron-only gimmick, but yeah, free for everybody. You can listen to Ryan and I break down that show from Sunday night and our thoughts on where things may have gone awry and what worked. And uh, for those of you who caught that show and my comments on Seth Rollins, I've got a little surprise for you in the deep dive this week. Oh, nice. I am... My interest has peaked, Kyle, because uh, I have no idea. Justin and I usually don't know ahead of time what you're picking for the deep dive, so I will look forward to that. Um, this is this one is really staying true to the game, in my opinion. Nice. 
Well, yeah, like Kyle mentioned, normally those are Top Rope Nation extra shows on Patreon, but we decided since we didn't put out our show last Friday as usual, we delayed it by a couple days. We put out the show on late Sunday night. I got that up just a couple of hours after Clash of Champions went off the air, and we decided, hey, let's just open this one up to the world. If everyone wants to see what you're missing, if you're not a member on Patreon, we put out the pay-per-view review show Check it out if you didn't catch it. It's a really good show. It's Kyle and myself. Uh, we went about 90 minutes reviewing Clash of Champions and all our thoughts on that show. And uh, that was episode 115. So if you liked it, you want access to the pay-per-view review shows in the future, whether it's WWE, uh, AEW, within hours of them going off the air, check out patreon.com slash Nation. Those are bonus shows we do outside of our usual feed. Uh, we also do the Top Rope Nation Classic Show, which is also exclusive to Patreon. Just a couple of weeks ago, we looked at WWE Backlash 2002. Um, and we've got another one coming up at the end of the month here where we will be reviewing the first edition of WCW Monday Nitro from 1995. So we're looking forward to that one. And uh, I think just reading Liam's book, Justin, you've probably got some thoughts on that show just from reliving it on the pages of of that crazy like a fox biography so oh yeah so that'll be a fun one so if you want to hear it sign up on patreon give it a try we'll send you a free gift in the mail join the crew uh join the ever-expanding top rope nation patreon.com slash top rope nation so let's uh let's just throw it around the horn here guys uh right off the bat what did you think of at least the first hour, because there were some technical problems in the second hour. But uh, like I said, one hour of WWE NXT aired on the USA Network tonight, and then the show went to the WWE Network. But uh, overall, the two-hour live broadcast, Justin, uh, what were your thoughts on the show? My general thought and feeling is that if all two hours had been on USA... And, you know, you cut out some of the fat on the uh, second hour uh, with commercials. I think that would have been a fantastic opening show for NXT on USA. Um, but it, it was still really good. It, it's it's tainted because I, like many others, uh, missed the first half an hour of the, uh, the network portion. And unfortunately, you know, looking for answers on Twitter, I had, you know, some spoilers that would have been really cool to see live uh, kind of ruined for me. But generally speaking, I thought it was good. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with most of that. It was it was very frustrating when they went to the WWE Network. I get on my Roku, and uh, all of a sudden it's asking me to log in for the first time in like four years. <laughs> Actually, probably well, longer than that, probably like five years. What was the pay-per-view? Was it SummerSlam? No, it was longer than that. When... Who, the, whoever was like had redesigned, you know, the new and improved WWE network. Yeah. Was, and I think that was right before SummerSlam, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was too. I'm right. Cause as soon as I got the login issue, I said, Oh no, <laughs> no, that's because right. I, I did have to I got, log in again I got during that pay-per-view. Too. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I, I did have to log in again when they updated it. That's true. But I was still pretty shocked when I jumped on there tonight and, uh, they're asking for my login, and then it's just kicking me out. And then I saw you guys were having the same issue, and everyone on Twitter. It was a giant mess. But uh, yeah. luckily, we eventually got logged in, what, 20 minutes late or something like that? And, hey, I mean, you know, I, I wound up 
finishing. I saw everything and was done by 10.08. So, because I fast-forwarded through all the introductions um, so we could get started promptly here. And I don't know. I mean, it was very frustrating at the time, but um, to echo off Justin said, I thought this show was actually outstanding. Yeah. I, I don't know how you can make a case that it wasn't better than 90 to 95% of Raw and SmackDowns uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, it was just the fresh feeling the show yes. had. Um, the, the setup of the arena was a little bit different. Uh, obviously, seeing a two-hour live TV show from NXT is different. Uh, it doesn't you know? It felt even different from what you would see at Takeover, where it's just match, 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 and they're all like longer, really good matches. It's just a whole different concept with a two-hour live TV show. And uh, well, overall, I thought I thought they pulled it off pretty well. There's there's so- some negatives, which I know Kyle, you're going to get into one of them, but. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there was just one big negative for me. If, you know, I think that's the only negative I'm going to mention. Um, and anyone who follows me and my opinions of NXT should know what that's going to be. But somebody made this point on Twitter, and I agree 172% with it. Work with me here, and hopefully uh, I got it, what he was trying to say. And hopefully you do too, and I could do it justice. I'm not going to read it verbatim because I don't have it on my timeline anymore. But this show felt more live than your average WWE offering. Uh, like, obviously, yeah. all the shows are live, but, like, the crowd was more engaged. It just felt like a a better-produced wrestling TV show. You know, I, I've, I watched Raw earlier. This I have not seen SmackDown, spoiler alert, but I, I, did, I watched Raw. I finished it this afternoon. That show felt so, like, horribly scripted. Like, it just felt like like the fakest wrestling show ever. Like, you know, stuff would happen, and Michael Goldberg, we've just made history, and then they just quickly transitioned to something else. Mm-hmm. So I, see, I, I see what you mean. It, it was a looser feeling. Like, it felt like things would just happen out of left field. Yes, where it wasn't like just wrestlers were being told what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it felt... You know, you used to not have that feeling ever watching wrestling, really. I mean, we all know. I mean, you know, it's fake, but it, you know, that's a big complaint I have about main roster TV is it just it feels so scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, and this it just had that live feel to it. Um, now, you knew Roddy and, and Velveteen were going to wrap up by a certain. point. Well, actually, there were some people throwing off. Are they going to do the old territory gimmick? You know, tune to the WWE Network to see the end of this match. That thought did cross my mind. Did it cross yours? Yeah, and I would have been even more pissed when I had the login issues. <laughs> yes, that would have, yeah, people would have got real pissed with that, for sure. Uh, yeah, Justin, your thoughts. Bring you in on, on any of what Kyle just said. Uh, you know, it's funny. When we first started talking about this, about NXT going live, and they announced that they were going to do this at Full Sail instead of, like, actual arena shows, you know, we thought that was maybe to their detriment, but actually I, I think having that full cell crowd, as long as they don't get too self-indulgent, like, you know, they've, they've been known to do occasionally, I think they will actually help uh, that show stand out compared to other ones. Cause they, they are, they are a hype crowd and uh, they, they really, uh, they add a lot to the matches, especially you could see that in the, uh, the strong and velveteen dream match. I agree with that 110%. The crowd was a value add tonight. I think it was tonight, but I'm I'm going to disagree. I think they got to get out of full sale. 
I think uh, when they start going head to head with AEW, like you think about that first night AEW's on and they're running a sixteen thousand seat arena, and you go from that to NXT back and forth, it's quite a contrast. I I'm not sure. I I think they got to get out of there. And and honestly, we've complained about the full sale crowd on this show a lot in the past, and they do tend to get a little self indulgent. I thought it was good tonight, but when you get that week after week after week, I think I think they'll have to have a change. And I, I think they got to get on the road. We'll see with that. I mean, if if there becomes an issue, you know, they could. But I, there's a deal. I mean, I think they're like locked in. Like I don't think they have a choice. I have not heard that. You heard that? I mean, yeah. I know they have a deal, but I, I don't know that it requires them to broadcast from there, like every show. I I don't know. The way it, it seemed to me is like for at least the time being, that that, that show's taking place at the Full Sail University, no matter what anybody wants. Mm-hmm. Well, we shall see. I, I did think that the arena actually looked, to me, it, it for some reason it looked a little smaller tonight. I don't know if it was the camera well, setup, which, seems, which seemed to have changed a little bit. Um, what what they think they did is they turned off those uh the kind of the overhead lights that go around the upper half and they just kind of completely blacked out the crowd Mm -hmm. which i believe is different from what they normally do yeah yeah something about it though it just it did it it appeared more compact and that's not necessarily an issue i mean we know like in the olden days wwf wcw they taped at small venues like this all the time but Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm just looking at it as far as their presentation head to head with AEW on Wednesday nights and AEW is going to be in pretty large arenas for the most part. So, I mean, I'll I think the what, smallest arena they're running is like 7,000 seats or something in the first two months. So I'll tell you what though, with the AEW, the whole thing, I think they may have gotten a wake up call though tonight. If they didn't, weren't already aware of it, if they're just relying on their wrestling, you know, the in ring product, being like so vastly superior to the competition, they're in for a rude awakening. I don't think I. Don't, I really don't think they're thinking that going with NXT. I mean, NXT is known for their. Innovative. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, as a matter of fact, uh, not only will they not be the superior in ring product Wednesday night, I, they will be the inferior product in ring product on Wednesday night. I believe. I think it'll probably bounce around a little bit. Some weeks, yes. Some weeks, no. I think I think they'll be pretty comparable, though. I mean, it's going to force everyone to bring their A game for sure. I didn't think. Well, no, I don't want to say that, but I, there wasn't like anything blow away in the ring tonight. There was several good matches. I just think, as far as like the talent goes, like I mean, man, I mean, this is a talented roster they got down there, I and mean, we all knew that. But I think <laughs> that point was really driven home tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get to the matches then, because we did have the women's four-way right away, um, and this had a lot of big names out there. Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie, originally when I, I texted you guys, I said, what do you guys think of this opener? Because I didn't know if you guys are going to be positive or negative on it. We know Mia Yim had a really awful performance on TakeOver, the last NXT TakeOver back during uh, SummerSlam weekend. I thought she redeemed herself here a little bit. I thought the uh, right person won in Candice LeRae, I think... Io Shirai is awesome, awesome as a heel. Still love that character. And uh, Bianca Belair, I mean, she's very talented as well. I'm not as high on the character as some people are, but I think she's entertaining. And so I I really enjoyed the opener. I liked the finish, and I, I liked the characters they had out there to kind of jumpstart the show right off the bat. What did you make of the opener, Justin? I, I enjoyed it. 
for certain, but I thought it was an odd choice. It doesn't seem like that's what you throw out there as your your big opening hook to get, you know, viewers to really latch their eyeballs on this product. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, it just seems like there would have been some better choices, but it was still really good. It was meaningful and, and it it's, I think, you know, really got the crowd into it right away with Candice LeRae winning. Yeah, to the point of the full sale crowd, they sold this match because I think for your average fan tuning in, most people were not going to be familiar with any of these four. Um, so that's to your point, Justin, because they could have put some other people out there that it, even the more like fair weather NXT fans would have known. Um, but uh, yeah, these I think for people that aren't NXT hardcores, there was a little bit of a risk that you could lose them right off the bat with the names out there. But uh, hey, they let these people shine, and I thought the women. The women came through, and uh, what do you think, Kyle? Based on what was on the rest of the show, not just the USA portion, but the network portion, I just don't know what else you would have put in this spot if it wasn't this. Um, I don't think there was a better fit for the opening match. And um, Brian, you hit the nail on the head. I think the crowd did a great job elevating this match in particular. Um, they were hot for like every spot, yeah. and it and it felt like a bigger deal than maybe it normally otherwise would have you know first match ever on the usa network for nxt so it was a big deal everyone worked hard the right uh can't the right person went over and candace LeRae. you know it's one of those deals where i don't know if you guys do this you, you like watch a match and you're like um oh man this, this such and such has to go over and i feel like a lot of times you know you make that kind of decision in the middle of the match and then it like doesn't happen and you're like god jesus and that's not just WWE. It's a lot of places. I remember, you know, when the Dark Order won that three-way at Fight for the Fall for AEW. You know, when everybody in there with, you know, half a brain was like, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus got to win this. And then they did. But I was watching this match. I'm like, you know, Candice needs to win this. And then she did. Mm-hmm. So it, it made sense, obviously, as her, you know. Um, I deliberately did not watch a lot of the NXT TV uh, the last couple weeks because I wanted to try to watch this from a perspective of someone who was not up on the television. I know that sounds odd from someone who's podcasting about it, but I just thought that was um, something that I wanted to do. I knew that Rhea Ripley, um, you know, they've got a, her earmark for a program with Shayna Baszler. Um, and that's probably maybe the goal for takeover. There was no talk of it whatsoever on tonight's show. Um, but, I think Candice LeRae is a very good, um, I don't want to say stopgap, but a very good kind of mini program they can do with Shayna. Yeah. Yeah, no complaints here. So I mean, uh, you could argue number one baby face versus number one heel as far as, you know, obviously Shayna's number one, has been the number one heel for some time in the NXT women's division. But, you know, I think there's definitely an argument made that Candice LeRae is the most popular woman in the division. Yeah, so Shayna came out with uh, Shafir and Duke, and they had the little face-off with Lorray there on the entranceway. Uh, we went to some video packages, and then we got a good old-fashioned squash match. Cameron Grimes versus Sean Maluda. Kyle, you love this. One of the greatest matches I've seen in 2019. <laughs> um, not crazy about the name Cameron Grimes. Um, less crazy about the hat. <laughs> but doing the uh, best a Yellowstone impression here. Yeah. But uh love the match. Was a big fan of Trevor Lee's. 
Um, hope uh, they don't make him too goofy, like a southern hick, you know, too much of a southern hick character, and just kind of, you know, but, um, and just kind of let him do his thing. But this was good. This made him look good. Mr. Joint. Yeah, I think it, it served its purpose. I mean, it, it, it was a weird thing that there's really only three matches in that first hour, but you almost kind of forget if, if, if you do watch NXT on a regular basis, how much more time you have when you're not constantly being interrupted with commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, one thing that's interesting is people talked about, oh, well, they're going from an hour to two hours. You know, what are they going to do? With the commercials, once they go, once it's a full two-hour deal on USA, they're really not adding them that much time because the network shows were like fifty-something minutes, right? Well, when you add in commercials in a two-hour show, that's that's what like an hour and twenty minutes of it's, actual TV yeah, show. Yep, it's usually so, about twenty minutes per hour of yeah, commercials. Yeah, so I mean, you're adding probably only twenty-five to thirty real minutes of action to your mm-hmm. show. Yeah, true. Because we're already at the last match of the first hour now. <laughs> I mean, and, it like, was fine. and and that's another thing too. The first match was given time as it should have. Yeah. Um. You knew Roddy and Velveteen was going to be given time. Let. This is what I'm talking about. Let the show breathe. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I I thought the placement of that uh, the Cameron Grimes squash match w- w- was good. Yeah. No, definitely right in the center. And then the third match of the first hour got time. These guys won about 20 minutes or so, uh, if I remember correctly. I don't have the time stamp here in front of me. But uh, I want to say this started about 40 minutes after the hour. And so we had uh, Roddy Strong and Velveteen Dream, NXT North American title match. I was excited for this one because I'm super high on Velveteen Dream. There's a lot of people out there that haven't seen him. You know, everyone, I think, at the WWE bubble assumes that Everyone that's a wrestling fan is watching NXT, but they're not. You know, most of the people that watch Raw and SmackDown are actually not watching NXT. So this is this is a chance for these guys to shine, whether it's the Undisputed Era or the Velveteen Dream. And uh, I mean, I think Dream probably opened some eyes just from a character standpoint, right? We talk about him all the time on this show. He's so great at playing that character. Um, we got uh, we got the shots of the Undisputed Era, like the whole team coming out um, at the end of this match, which was cool. And uh, Roddy Strong emerged victorious. So you do have Undisputed Era with all of the title belts now, or, or the main men's title belts. You know, we've got Adam Cole with the NXT title. We've got uh, Strong with the NXT North American title now. We've got the tag titles there. So that was a cool visual. Uh, the match itself, I thought really good. I mean, it was not on the level of a, uh, a takeover match by any means, but... As far as presenting something good between the ropes on your first USA Network show in the main event before they switched over to uh, Suits and we had to go to the WWE Network, showed some confidence to put these two guys out there, and uh, I thought they came through. I thought it was it was an enjoyable, very good match. I think it's something that uh, anyone tuning in out of curiosity, I think it can draw them back in next week. So, uh, Kyle, what'd you make of it? Thought the match didn't wasn't actually clicking that much early on, mm-hmm. but they had a strong, strong uh, finishing run in this match that the crowd was totally invested in. Uh, oh, yeah. When strong, you know the false finish, um, 
had everybody. It, it had everyone. I assumed it was over. Um, I kind. Did you guys go into this thinking Roddy was probably winning just because of the whole thing they've promised with Undisputed Era, um, holding all the titles? Yes, I, I agree with that. I, I I went in here thinking Roddy was going to win. Um, but still, um, when Velveteen kicked out, man, it was like, whoa, maybe not. But then, you know, sure enough, uh, one more finish and it was over. And uh, Roddy won. And I think there's pros and cons to doing a title change on your first, you know, in front of people who may be watching your product for the first time. Um, the biggest pro is something very significant happened. Yeah, I think that's how I looked at it. Uh, I know the promise of them holding all the titles and everything, but I looked at it as doing something memorable on the first show, a title change. That's kind of why I thought it was likely. But like you with the false finishes, I wasn't so sure. But yeah, I don't. I don't think it was the wrong decision. I think it was a good decision. I think it. You know, you make headlines on your first show with a title change. I think that's a good move. So yeah, what'd you think of the match, Justin? Uh, I think you guys have really nailed it. Um... I think it was the right two guys to, you know, put on at the end of your first uh, USA show with Velveteen's uniqueness and uh, Roderick Strong has been one of the most uh, consistent in-ring performers in all of WWE since he came in. Um, and personally, yes. you know, I, I love a guy who can sweat and he's one of our all-time <laughs> sweaters right now. Um, so, you, you know, you, you knew it was going to be a good match. You had a unique character. Uh, I agree with Kyle that it, I was a little worried, you know, the first half of the match. Uh, but they they really brought it home in a big way and uh, really enjoyed it, which is kind of what made the uh, whole WWE Network thing all the worse because you're coming off that high and then you run into that mess. Yeah. So I'll, go ahead. I just just focusing on the USA portion because I know we're going to talk in you know where we we have to make mention of problems that we all had and a lot of others had with the network. But so I'm. Uh, Right now, looking at someone's uh, uh, timeline who was there at the show, it's it's a regular Jacob Cohen who goes to a lot of these full sale shows, almost all of them. He is as far as the look of the building. He had some important notes here. The commentary uh, table was moved to a different corner of the venue, and there was no entrance ramp or stage. I knew something looked weird, mm -hmm. and I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, I saw that. I someone someone had pointed that out on Twitter. I think. Maybe before they went on the air, I think I saw. Yeah, that. it looks like it looks like yeah. This tweet was even from before that. I just hadn't yeah. seen it, so I knew something looked different, and, and that's exactly what it was. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, wait. What do you mean there was no entrance ramp or stage? Like the usual. It was just it was just flat coming out. Mm -hmm. Like normally, like it's an elevated. There's like an elevated stage. Okay, I could have sworn it was still elevated. Maybe not quite as significant as usual, but. That's weird. I'm going to look right now. Um, as we speak right now, recording this show, Triple H is doing a conference call, by the way, uh, post-show, looking through it to see if there's any anything to note here. Um, looks like Triple H said he spoke to all the talent after the show. Uh, he said he put a lot of thought into which matches would take place on the first show and that there was a lot more freedom with the second hour being on the WWE Network and Talked about how they had a hard out at the end of the first hour on USA. So they had to get that match. They ran in. real close to time, too. Yeah, it was just like pretty much cut off. It was There wasn't even a lot of talk about going over the WWE Network. It was like pretty much just over. I mean, they mentioned it throughout the first hour, but. Um, and, and, you know, 
shame on me. I hate when I do this. I, I didn't. You, you kind of threw me a softball, and I failed to hit it out of the park earlier, Ryan, mm-hmm. in the show. Uh, as far as um, any negatives here, again, anyone who follows this show, in my opinions of NXT, should not be surprised what I'm about to say here. More Ronaldo <sighs> is very bad. No, no, EC3, don't tell me! Don't tell me! Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me? I thought he really went downhill when we got to the WWE Network portion, especially the first match on the network. I mean, just the the line. He usually does this, but, you know, the pop culture references and just the overused phrases they and or, or the phrases that don't make a lot of sense or make you cringe <laughs> whatever it may be um I, maybe it was because i was so consumed with playing catch up that i caught that i i somehow um developed the justin joint power of blocking out commentary mm, but yeah. i didn't notice i actually didn't notice as much in the second half the first match in particular the the during the women's four-way, he was insufferable with the pop culture references. When he made the Lizzo reference, I just threw the remote across the room. I was so, I was like, hey, I'm going to have to listen to two hours of this shit. <laughs> well, it's that just that he screams all the time. <laughs> just, just something Moral would so obviously say. Well, I thought uh, Jonathan Snowden of Bleacher Report had a good tweet. He said, uh, quote, if you scream literally everything, nothing can stand out. It's like, yep, very simple. Good way to put it. Exactly right. Because Moro just screams constantly. Yes. Somebody also tweeted, they're playing Cameron Grimes music so loud right now that you could only sort of hear Moro. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine how loud that's got to be. I mean, he also just, the way he commentates... It doesn't allow for any chemistry with his partners. It just seems like he's doing his thing and not really interacting with his two commentary partners. He talks over them all the time or like just doesn't even acknowledge what they say. Like he'll be talking and then like Phoenix will jump in and she'll be in the middle of a thought and then he'll just kind of break in with what's going on. He'll just break in with a pop culture reference, you know. Yeah, he that happened numerous times. Shit, he says. Numerous he, times. I, I just, it just boggles my mind, man, that some of these, some of the real tastemakers in this industry that have newsletters are still not taking the more Ronaldo's and Jim Ross's of the, of the world to task. Sad. Quite frankly, sad. I mean, it's it's a little uncomfortable. I don't I don't like to rip the guy too much. We talk on our you know privately about this a lot, and uh, I don't want to go after him too hard. But he, has I mean, God not bless, he does good. have issues. I know, yes, it makes <laughs> yeah. you bad. But he is he is just insufferable. And and by the way, it's this comes on the heels of I, I mentioned I watched Raw earlier. I thought Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Renee Young. I don't know. If it was how they were being produced, I, I, you know, Vince wasn't there apparently on Monday. They, I thought that was one of the worst announcing jobs on a television show I've ever heard in my life. I don't know that there's really a great announce crew in the entire wrestling industry right no, now. No, we talk. I mean, <laughs> you know, we talk about NXT UK, UK maybe. Yeah, we talk about that UK show, and, and I mean, my God, 
We, we were reacting to Vic Joseph like he was 1989 Jim Ross. <laughs> it looks like Vic Joseph could be going to Raw. Yeah, I mean, I I felt Cole Graves and Young, it was almost like a mystery science theater gimmick they were running, where they were like just actively undermining and mocking everything they watched. I mean, I know not everything's good, but you can at least try to make me emotionally invested. Yeah. Announcing is a is a big problem across the board. And we've yeah. talked about AEW struggles. You just alluded to that, too. Um, so it, it's something everyone seems to be dealing with right now. Um, you know, MLW, though, has been good. Uh, and now we've got Shivani with AEW. And uh, NXT UK is a bright spot. But otherwise... I guess I guess New Japan. I think Kevin Kelly does a pretty good job, uh, but overall, yeah, announcing and wrestling is not exactly at a high point right now. That is that is for sure. Uh, a couple other notes from the conference call. Triple H said the first two weeks are a good way to give new fans a little taste of the product. I guess talking about them going to the WWE Network in the second hour, he says it's a blessing in disguise. Okay. Uh, he talked about bringing in NXT UK guys like Imperium and the Cruiserweights like Leo Rush and how that can help keep the show fresh. I think we're expecting more main roster guys mixed in as as the Wednesday night wars heat up once AEW starts up. You know, There's been the rumors about Kevin Owens. Uh, we'll see if that comes true or not. But uh, well, I guess that's, what, that's what's been said so far, according to my colleague Connor Casey over from uh, comicbook.com. Ooh. So I'll be following that as we continue the... Uh, Continue the show here, but as we get into what happened on the network, as we said earlier, there was a lot of technical problems here. We couldn't get in for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, I tried Roku. I know Justin was probably on his PS4. He couldn't get in. Um, someone had told me that it was working on mobile. I couldn't get it to work on my phone either. And then I switched TVs and I tried like my second Roku, and then that's when I got in. Uh, you guys, I wonder if it was a timing in? thing though, because you texted, I'm in, and then like right after Justin said I'm in and then like I got in. Yeah. I and I, I'm a, I was Roku too, so. Mhm. Um so it was a struggle and we knew we were taping the show afterwards, so we were getting a little stressed because we wanted to come in right away at the end and get our hot takes while they were still fresh and uh we were playing we were playing catch up there for a while, but uh we got through it. We got through it guys and we got to our first match here. This is where the announcing went downhill. Yes, uh, Pete Dunn. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Moranalo is where that Marco Huas won UFC <laughs> seven. <laughs> we got how many references to that during the match? Like he does it every every single time Arturo Huas works. Yeah, it was there was multiple references though in this match. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, the match again. It was a it was a decent TV match. I, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it like stood out particularly, but uh, Justin, what'd you make of the match? Uh, it was fine. I'm going to fix something I said before we went live on air and say that, you know, maybe I did enjoy Steve Blackman 2.0 a little bit more than I let on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something different. What who else is doing. So I, I like, I like, I like a, that. A bit. Yeah. I, I thought he really stand stood out um, at that Evolve show uh, that they did on the network. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought he did. Um, I was very psyched when the uh, at the uh, site of this matchup. Um, but yeah, I think overall maybe it um, it was just a good match. 
just a good TV match. Get Pete Dunn over. So at this point, you guys were texting, and uh, I'd started the match, and then you guys had just got in, and you had just been talking about how you had the the uh, spoiler, the surprise ruined for you. And so then I tried to stay away from my phone for a while because I didn't want you guys to start talking about because I had I had somehow avoided it on Twitter. And so like all through this match, I was starting to think like, what could it what could it be? What could it possibly be? And then having Pete done there from NXT UK um, originally. I started thinking about, I bet it's Walter. So I, I kind of figured it out before it happened. Mm. I think maybe just because after you guys mentioned there was a surprise and out comes a, a UK associated guy, it just made me think of him. Um, that wasn't even what I was referring to. That wasn't? What were you referring no. to? Leo Rush. What? Oh, really? That's what yeah. you were referring to? Yeah. What? Wow. I mean... I thought it, I love Imperium. I love Walter. I don't think that's all that shocking that an NXT affiliate showed up on their first show. Oh, Leo, I thought you were Leo talking Rush. about Imperium. Yeah, that, that's, no. uh, I, <laughs> that's funny. And, and I agree with you. It actually is probably less shocking than Leo Rush. But no, wow. Okay. I, I, um, my timeline, yeah, I saw the Imperium. Uh, I think like WWE shared it or somebody shared it, shared it. But I was like, well, okay, I guess Imperium shows up. I thought, I, th- I still thought it was a little surprising. I mean, yeah, I think they're going to be doing, and I think they've already talked about this. They're going to be doing some inner promotion stuff with UK and in the main roster or the main North American NXT. But you know, Walter, he doesn't come to North America that much. He's talked about that in interviews that he doesn't really want to work over here full time. So I, th- I thought it was still surprising. I thought it was a, a cool thing to do. My initial thought was, should they have done this when they're on the USA Network versus on the WWE Network, so more people saw it, but. Probably doesn't matter that much. No, I don't think so. It's not like, I mean, you know, it's something that obviously if you follow the product, it's a really big deal. If you don't follow this product, it would have meant absolutely nothing to you. Yeah. You know, in that first, I was kind of with Ryan where it's like, why wouldn't they have put this on USA? But I, you know, I don't think it does much for the casual viewer who, you know, probably doesn't watch NXT UK. And, you know, you think about maybe, you know, you would assume that the majority of people who watch AEW probably watch NXT and that that they almost everything on the second hour on the network is something that would really grab, you know, people who are excited for AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, second match, Zia Lee, Aaliyah. This one was a little sloppy. Well- where, where do we think we're they're going with Imperium? I mean, is Imperium going to be earmarked for the War Games match at the next takeover? Possibly. There's a there's a very ready made match with Imperium against Undisputed Era, although that's yeah. two top heel groups. Uh, but it's there, or there could be like a team NXT. I mean, obviously we're, we're going to get to the brawl at the end of the show a little bit later, but. Um, they could just do like a team NXT versus Imperium as well. Seemed like they kind of might have been hinting in that direction. Yeah, I could see that. Um, we'll come back to that though. I wanted to come back to that at the point okay. where they actually appeared. So we're still at the, at this women's match now. What did you guys make of this singles women's match? Because it was clearly a pretty far step below what we saw in the first hour of the show, Justin. Yeah, thankfully that wasn't on the USA Network. It was it was pretty sloppy <laughs> yeah uh kyle yeah it it was probably the weakest point of the show but i mean zia lee is you know um you know 
could be a star. So, um, I, I guess it just wouldn't be an NXT TV show though without Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne. They they're always they're always that like that one match you forget that was on the hour. I feel. Yeah. Well, there was just there was a sloppy point I recall from uh, Zaya like uh, came off the ropes. There was like a kind of a awkward landing for her there. Um, that it was a short match overall, but it wasn't wasn't great. It was a little sloppy. But in the end, Zaya Lee got the win. Uh, obviously pushing her as the star from China. And, uh, I mean, she's got, she's got some potential there. That's a market they'd like to grow in obviously. And, uh, it makes sense to push her a little bit moving forward, but not a particularly memorable match. Um, and then after that, we moved to Kushida wearing the same getup as he has been, or as he has had in the past in new Japan. If you haven't been watching him in, uh, NXT yet he's got the whole time splitters looks still going and uh I thought this match Kushida had was really pretty good pretty good stuff what did you guys think wait what uh, <clears throat> he didn't because wrestle Walter came out oh, okay guys <laughs> we got the face off with Walter now this is the point we were just talking about so, yeah well yeah well no I mean well they came out I mean they came out and attacked uh What's his face? The guy from the performance center. And then, Den- like, Denzel, sort of came up to make the save. Uh, I don't know how you say his last name. Denzel, he's a taller guy. Denzel Dijanorit? Dijan- yeah, I, I didn't know. I had actually, perfectly honest, I had not heard of him before. Yeah. He came out, Imperium comes out through the crowd, and then we had the face off. So, as far as, so what, lead me through what you're thinking for War Games again here. Who would be on the teams? Kyle. Um, I mean, they're obviously, they're, they're doing Walter Kushida on TV coming up. So he's obviously going to be a part of that program. At least initially Walter attacked Matt Riddle, uh, in the brawl towards the end of the show. So, I mean, those are two guys that it could be. You I had street profits jump in there right the away. Street too. profits jumped in as well. Um, by the way, just tremendous performance by them in that gender reveal party on Monday, I thought. <laughs> um, particularly Angela Dawkins. <laughs> I wasn't sure uh, about that ahead of time, but uh, it was it was well, amusing. Yeah, but um, no, I mean, obviously the Imperium thing was a big deal, you know, uh, was a big deal and then Kushida it was kind of like weird how Kushida still came out mm-hmm. and but you know it was to set up a Kushida Walter match and that's something I'm very much looking forward to I mean NXT has got a lot of interesting fresh matchups Justin talked about quote that AEW viewer um, they have a this NXT has a lot of fresh matchups that could uh, attract that kind of viewer that's what I'm talking about because the the idea of Walter and Kushida is a it's almost like a dream match scenario. Yes. Because you had Kushida, who's the big star in Japan, and now you're seeing him face to face with the big European star Walter. I thought this was awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to that match for sure, down the line. But uh, then we go to the number one contenders match for the cruiserweight title: Oni Lorcan, the king of Twitter. Taking on Leo Rush and Justin Joint surprise match of the night. Uh, what did you think of Leo's <laughs> performance, Justin? 
thought it was good. Uh, and of course, Oni Lorcan was good as usual too. Uh, they put on a really solid and, uh, of course, because Oni's in it, a hard hitting match. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, Leo came out with a point to prove tonight. Uh, the you know the string of topes he did, which is you know a spot we if you followed his career, he's done many times in the past, quite regularly. Um, looked real crisp. Uh, I'm a huge Oni Lurkin guy. I think the it was you know kind of a surprise to see Leo. I mean, based on all the rumblings you had, and what a week, and quite frankly, month it's been for the disgruntled WWE employees, or the at least the alleged ones. I mean, you have Sasha Banks back in a key position. Uh, we saw the return of Luke Harper to television this week. We saw the return of Rusev to TV this week. And now here's Leo Rush. <laughs> Protect yep. your brand, folks. <laughs> What's old is new again. Yeah, um, I was trying to look up in our archives when it was we talked about Leo Rush because we had a pretty good discussion about that when that was all going down about how he had rubbed people the wrong way backstage because he was overconfident. I remember we had the discussion on the show about how why that shouldn't really be a bad thing if a guy's confident in himself. I mean, that that was Shawn Michaels practically his entire career, right? Yeah, so he, I, <laughs> They've never applied that standard to uh, anybody else. <laughs> Well, you will, no, I just, no, I wouldn't say that. I just think it's one of those things that it's not um, applied consistently. It's one of those things if they don't really want you to be a star, they'll use it against you. But if they want you to be a star, then they'll encourage it or just not care. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they didn't necessarily like want Leo Rush to succeed. I just think they had him earmarked in a certain position that he didn't really want to be in. I mean, he wanted to be like this top baby face you know, kind of Rey Mysterio-esque for 2019, and they had him being a mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley. Well, roll it, by the way, I thought he was actually very good in. Uh, yeah, Bobby Lashley has been entertaining in exactly zero segments in his main <laughs> roster career uh, without Leo Rush. <laughs> yeah, well, he got the win here, so we're going to be seeing him challenging for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, against Drew Gulak in the future, and so good way to get him back on the map, I guess. But like you said, he was uh, he was very good in this match. I thought. And, and what do we think? Uh, you know, two two oh five live integrated here to the NXT platform. I think with the show going two hours, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, it's going to give him better visibility, most definitely. So why not? I think it's a good move, Justin. I agree with you guys. <laughs> I hope so because it's a, it only makes sense. I don't know what else he could do. Um, but uh, Leo Rush impressed me here. This was actually probably my favorite match on the show. I would say. I actually, I think I like this one even more than the North American title match. Personally, I will co-sign that commentary. So if you didn't see it, flip on the WWE Network, assuming you can get logged in, and uh, you'll be in for a treat here. And that led us to the Street Fight main event, which really wasn't much of a match because it broke down so early. So you had Riddle and Dane fight to the back where they seemingly ran into at least half of the roster, including Imperium, who were set up at a table in the middle of the parking lot next to a semi, if I remember correctly. Kind of awkward, but uh, (laughs) everyone ends up, the Street Profits were back there, as we talked about a little bit ago. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know if Walter was playing cards or uh, <laughs> what, what he was doing down there. I will say that the camera work once they went backstage was nearly unwatchable for a little bit. The shaky cam was completely out of control. Um, but they followed him back into the arena. We had the uh, the Forgotten Sons get involved here in the brawl. Um, and we did not get a winner. The whole match just kind of broke down and uh, everyone was laid out and they went off the air. So I didn't really know what to make of this. I mean, I, I guess they went off the air with a lot of their their stars on the screen. But uh, I guess I personally was looking forward to seeing Matt Riddle do a little more on the show than he, than he did because he kind of got lost in the shuffle. But uh, what did you guys make of the finish here? Would you have had a an actual winner? Did you care about them going off with nobody declared the winner? Justin? I, I have no idea why. I can't put my finger on it. But I wasn't really looking forward to this match in the first place. Like, I'm not, I, once again, I don't know why. So this actually worked out kind of perfect for me. I, I was way more hyped about how uh, this, you know, finished the show. Um, the only thing that bothered me was the refs coming out to break up Killian Dane and Matt Riddle in a, in a street fight. I thought that was kind of weird. There probably would have been another way to handle that. Just keep the brawl going, I guess. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, if it was a street fight, it's not like you could have a DQ finish. Yeah, you're so right. That, 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 that was odd. And the crowd did kind of, that was kind of the one time the crowd sort of turned on something on the show, albeit briefly. I have no problem with a brawl. I, I'm a huge fan of brawls on TV shows. You know, I sent you guys a text. I was obviously joking. By God, who's going to win the war, WCW or the NWO? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it used to always be brawls ending the show. It's a good hot way to end the show. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like, to echo Justin's point, I, I'm i just not into Killian Dane. So as far as not there not being much excitement for the match, to me, that's what I would point to. You know, I like Matt Riddle. I'm high in Matt Riddle. I'm... This whole feud he's had with Killian Dane hasn't really drawn me in too much. But still, it's Matt Riddle in the last match on the two-hour show. I guess I just wanted to see him do a little more. I mean, this there was hardly anything. Like, how long was the match? Maybe two minutes before they got to the back? Because they, they went outside the just, ring, like, really quickly. Yeah, and then it just turned into a brawl. Yeah, that there was, it wasn't necessarily a showcase for either performer. It was just, um, you know, let's let this lead to a wild... Uh, backstage brawl with all of our performers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how they went off the air. So um, I guess if I am a someone that hasn't watched NXT too much, I even just from what I saw in the first hour on the USA Network, I I, I would be intrigued to tune in again. I thought, I thought overall it's a success as a show. I'm not going to do the whole uh, A through F rating thing that we do for the pay-per-views on Top Rope Nation Extra, but uh, I would give the show <laughs> a thumbs up. because I would clearly give this an A. <laughs> An A. Oh, wow. I don't know if I'd go that high, but I'd say definitely a thumbs up. Definitely a thumbs up. Justin, thumbs up from you. Oh, absolutely. So we've got a lot of pro wrestling in our future, guys. And uh, Yes. A lot, a lot of pro wrestling to discuss, a lot of pro- cover. we got to go over strategy, I know. So uh, it's, it is a big couple weeks in this industry. Yeah, I, I was thinking about... You know, like mid '90s, watching wrestling and how how many hours of TV I had to consume versus now, and God, I remember on like '96, basically it was like one hour of WWF a week for me because there there was the weekend shows, but I think superstars at that point, 
It was in syndication, and then they went to the USA Network, but I guess it was a one-hour show, but it seems like some weeks there was only like one or two matches. There wasn't a whole lot to watch. They still they did like interviews and stuff. Um, not more than two hours in those days. Well, yeah, it was on USA. It was only like really 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the, 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 the big difference when you compare this to the Monday Night Wars is it was four hours. It was... Just you, you sat down for only two real hours and you were watching the show simultaneously back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like it was two hours a week. This is, um, you know, very different where there's three nights a week now there's going to be television um, and you've still got the five unopposed hours of WWE TV. So um, Wednesdays will go fast. Um, I still think, and you know, obviously WWE you would think is going to bust out all the stops the first few weeks on Fox, you know, I, I still think two hours is fine. Um, but, you know, those Raws, three hours is always going to be a problem inherently. It's very hard to do a good three-hour television show. Yeah, if you're going to skip any of these shows, Raw's got to be at the top of your list just because of the length. Well, I mean, you know, the good news is you don't have to skip anything anymore. You can just watch what's good. Yeah. Power of the DVR. <laughs> Power of the WWE Network. That's true. All right, Kyle, you ready for that deep dive that you teased earlier? Yeah, so anyone who listened to our Clash of Champions review knows I was highly critical of Seth Rollins and really think that uh, time for him to drop the Universal title at Hell in a Cell. But a friend of mine listened to my criticism of Seth Rollins, and he was making the point that a lot of it is on the promotion itself and that, Oh, I bet you if he went somewhere else, I bet you he would, you know, you wouldn't say some of these things. Wait, was like. that Justin joint? No, it wasn't <laughs> actually, but I like this friend though. Sounds like a smart guy. <laughs> well, he sent me a match, which I had not seen before actually. And it was from ring of honor, 2008, May 9th, Southern navigation, Seth Rollins, some know him as Tyler Black, <laughs> taken on God Among Men, Brian Danielson. Some know him as Daniel Bryan. Um, I actually got that one wrong. Doing that, it should have been reversed for that joke. But yes, the current Daniel Bryan versus the current Seth Rollins, then Brian Danielson versus Tyler Black, 5908 Southern Navigation. This is a tremendous match. And to the point of, oh, Seth Rollins, you would do different stuff. Maybe he wouldn't be so patterned, you know, working outside this WWE environment. In the opening minute of this match, it was, he was, he did a one thing that was infinitely cooler than anything he's done in any of his matches, probably in the last three years, at least. He picks Brian up. And just body slams him right outside the ring. And I was like, what a cool fucking start to a pro wrestling match. So um, this is actually available on YouTube.com if you want. That's how I watched it. Uh, Brian Danielson, Tyler Black, 5908 Southern Navigation. It's very close to another ma- uh, another deep dive that I did, Kyle. One of the weeks you were off, and I, I did the deep dive of the week. I did the... Uh, Brian Danielson, Tyler Black, Kenny Omega match from Ring of Honor, also from 2008. Oh, wow. Great minds. 
Wow. But uh, I have not seen this one, so I will check it out for sure. Yeah. Justin, have you seen this match? I have not. I, I, I'm actually I'm mentally remembering uh, the date there, so I can check it out. Hold on. Surprised it's I'll, not already I'll, pulled up on your computer. I'll do you one better, Justin. I've got the Tottenham game on. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking it up currently. And there you, uh, yep. yes, there it is. I found there it, it is. Southern it to Navigation. 403,000 views, 20 minutes. All right. Got some late night. By the way, I thought me. Kenny Omega came across like a huge tool in the new Being the Elite. I haven't seen it yet. I'm a couple. I'm actually a couple episodes behind Being the Elite. I often will watch somebody, two or three had, at Somebody a time. had mentioned Kenny doesn't come across great here, and I clicked on it, and he did. Like It wasn't someone I would personally root for. What is... So, like, what did he do? What happened? Just give it's us just, a brief rundown. It's just, like, he was just goofy. Like, I, the critics of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, like, in terms of their character work, have made this point before. They sometimes just come across as real dorky. And I would concur with that criticism sometimes. Hmm. They're not people who... who I want they're not characters that I want to root that I find myself wanting to root for necessarily. What happened to like a badass? No, that's not his character. He's never really been a badass, has he? I know, but I'm saying like what happened to like bad like that's the thing. Like that's kind of I think to me what I'm looking for. You're looking for Walter. Now now badasses uh try and sue their bosses for firing them. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Owens, baby, the yeah. lawsuit gimmick, gotta love it. By the way, but well, I, I saw that um, Shane McMahon had a tweet about it. You, you don't think this is like just a storyline to set up so Shane can have a Donald Trump esque tweeting gimmick, do you? Because oh. you see Shane, like Shane had this tweet, and it kind of read like a Donald Trump tweet. Hold on, where was it? I'm looking for it right now. While considering a resolution to this ludicrous lawsuit, I will allow Fight Owens Fight to perform on WWE's upcoming tour of the Philippines, China, and Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> like, that just kind of reads like a Trump tweet, I thought. Uh, no exclamation marks, though. He's got to get a little bit better at that. But Yes. Well, 12 right. hours ago, and that tweet only has 2,000 likes. Shane McMahon needs to get better engagement numbers than that. My God. Um. Yeah, I, I I hope not because a Twitter and gimmick no for caps, Shane McMahon yeah. does not seem uh does not seem great. Yeah, all caps too. <laughs> all right, well guys, I think on that note, let's take it home. This has been episode one sixteen, and uh, if you're not following us on social media, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Top Rope Nation. We're on Instagram, also at Top Rope Nation. You can search us on Facebook. We're on there as well. Um, as always, if you're on Apple Podcasts, throw us the five-star review. Leave us a written review. We can read on the air. Subscribe, whether you're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio. Tune in wherever podcasts are found. And check out the whole archive, show bios, all of our links to our merch and everything like that over at TopRopeNation.com. Any parting words, Justin Joint? Be good to each other. Good advice. That's good advice. You should be an educator. Thanks. Kyle. Sure, a lot happens in that one room on suits. Have never seen it. Never seen the show. 
I no. haven't ever watched an episode either, but there always seem to be that, like on the commercials, it always seems to be that one conference room that just, my God, I mean, that <laughs> conference room is just, has seen its fair share of action throughout the history of that show. Thank God it'll be over <laughs> And that was like okay. the finale tonight? Is that, that's the reason? That... I believe it was the, yes, the series finale. We oh, are saying okay. goodbye to Suits. They just, I don't think could ever overcome the loss of your girl, Meghan Markle. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Ross, can you imagine Suits being the reason for, uh, the second hour having to be on the network. Suits? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking suits? <laughs> this is kind of like poor scheduling, really, on WWE's part. If you need further evidence, they were trying to beat AEW to the air. Here you go. Fucking suits? Splitting the show for suits. <laughs> By the way, the USA Network... I, you know, people, you know, and Meltzer made a big deal about this. I remember a couple years ago, he's like, man, they're really in bed with this WB now. Have you seen USA Network's other programming? <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, me neither. <laughs> I mean, the fucking Grizzly family oh. is like, that is like some of the worst shit to ever be broadcast on television in the history of the medium. Yeah, it's not good. I, I mean, I've left it like running in the background before. Yeah, and I always think like, who are these people and why are they even famous? So back when we had the website and I would like finish a, the review of a TV show, mm-hmm. um, I would just be writing still and like I wouldn't click USA Network off. And it was on after spec and I would look up. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like this isn't fun. I'm like this is horrible. Everything these people are saying is just horrible. <laughs> Todd Grizzly? Isn't he getting like sued for something Suits? or something? Yeah, he is. He, I think there was some sort of money laundering or yeah. something that he just don't do. It was yeah. <laughs> but that's for another day. That's for our Grizzly knows Chrisley best knows podcast. Best? <laughs> <Suits>? <laughs> Temptation Island. <laughs> Hey, now, Temptation Island, I have watched a few times. I'll tell you, that show's kind of a hoot. <laughs> Bringing it back for the second season. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, check us out on all the social media. Check out Justin at Justin Joint, at TRP Kyle. I'm at Ryan Drosty. We'll be back with you with episode 117 next week. Enjoy your Suits reruns, and we'll see you then. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.